It is us, Doug Jones and Jason Wayland. Hey. It's Doable Discipleship, you the Saddle by Church podcast and YouTube show designed to help you deepen your friendship with God, or as we so lovingly call it, the show that helps you grow. Oh, is that a William Shatner? Yeah. Wow. That's what I was going for. Fine job. I was able to pick it up. Good. That's, that's a good start. Um, we want to start this episode just with a little disclaimer. Doug and I are both sick. He got me sick. Um, and so we may not sound the best. You may hear some noses. You may hear some, you know, sounds that aren't the most pleasant. But little of this. Yeah, th- there may be some of that. But we didn't want to stop the show running because we have an exciting interview that we want to get into. So oh, did you, you have something else you want to yeah, talk let's, about first? Let's uh, make a little promo first. We have a really exciting event coming up, and it's called the Bible Experience. It's something we've never done here at Saddleback before. Brandon. We're piloting this, so this is an opportunity if you live anywhere near Lake Forest and you can get here for a six-week course that will help you dig into the, to the Bible and study it at a greater depth than you may have ever done before check out the Bible experience. I'm going to link to it in the show notes so you can check it out, but it kicks off on October 3rd here at the Lake Forest campus in tent three, which is the biggest tent at the middle of the campus. Uh, and it goes from 6.30 to 8.30. It's six weeks long. Do we have a, is there a break in there somewhere? seven to nine, just so you know. We may end up being seven switching to nine. The time. Okay. Well, if that happens <laughs> and you register for it there is by a, clicking the link, you'll be able to. There is a break because of Halloween, but um, anyway. Anyway, pretty so, much six weeks. I, I love, there's a tagline that, that uh, we're using for this event, calling it an adventure into the surprising and extraordinary world of God's Word. Whoa. So if you want to get a, a really great picture of the overall story arc of the Bible and learn to dig in in a way that is just richer, deeper, and just more exciting than what you've done before, this is a, a great way to do that. So if you're getting started in Bible study, you're not really sure where to start, start here. I hadn't heard that tagline before. That was cool. Pretty good, right? <clears throat> yeah. Um, okay, so today we have a very special guest that is joining us today. Um, his name is Mark Carver. He is an elder of Saddleback Church. He oversees the office of the pastor, so he works a lot with Pastor Rick and his team. He developed and he led international PD pastor training. He's he's literally been all over the world mm-hmm. training pastors in Purpose Driven, and um, he's incredibly well-respected in that. And... Uh, he's the head of something very cool that's being worked on right now at Saddleback. It's called the Saddleback History Project, going back through and looking at Saddleback's history and um, what has gone on and the lessons learned. So we thought it'd be really cool to have him come in today, talk a little bit about what are the major lessons that we've learned um, as a church and how God has worked um, with uh, worked through our church life. Yeah. Kind of broke up, broke down there at the end. It, you it? know, it's the cold. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we got Mark Carver, and we're gonna have a really fun conversation right after this. All right, guys, we are back with Mark Carver. He's here. We're excited to have you with us. Thank you. Thank you. Well. We got a few questions for you, Mark. Okay. And we'd love to hear uh, just from the wisdom that you've gained here all your time at Saddleback and working on the History Project, which we mentioned in the intro and all that good stuff. But let's start off just what brought you and your family to Saddleback in the first place? Well, actually, I moved into the area about uh, 29 years ago. So I've been here a long time. Wow. And when we first moved down, of course, we were looking for a church. And we were actually part of a church plant when we first started out. And uh, it didn't work out. 
And during that uh, time of the church plant not working out, we just kind of visited other churches, and we came here, and we just felt like, you know, this is home. I was actually kind of Saddleback Sam. Mm. My wife and I were both professionals, both working. We had kids, so we were the target audience at the time. So when we came here, everything was geared and aimed towards people like my wife and I and our kids. (laughs) So we just felt at home. Yeah. So just from day one, it, it was kind of crafted for where you were in life. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. and how did your kids like it growing up? I mean, this is the church they grew up in then from yeah. pretty much yeah, actually, from a very young uh, age, right? They didn't have any choice. I mean, they had, <laughs> to, they had to like it, right? Yeah. Uh, they all grew up here. Yeah. And I think my oldest at the time when we first moved here was five years old. So she got right, right involved in the kids' programs, of course. Actually, one of my kids uh, was very involved in Awanas and got the Timothy Award and all that sort of stuff. And so it was really fun. Uh, the oh, kids cool. that we had a long time ago, we had this puppet ministry, and that oh, was yeah. fun. One of, the, one of the boys got involved in the puppet ministry, and we would have fun with that as well. Yeah. So yeah, my kids had a, had a lot of good time here. Yeah. So you have you're working on the history project. You also have a lot of personal history in this church. Yes, because really it's cool. been it's been yeah. home for you for a long time. Right. Mm-hmm. And you've had a pretty I mean, being here for that long, mm-hmm. you got to see so many seasons for the life of mm-hmm. Saddleback Church. And that's gotta have been cool to see. I mean, I've only been here for the last seven years and mm-hmm. so I feel like um, you know, I get to see a snippet. Mm-hmm. But for you to have been here through so many different mm-hmm. periods of Saddleback's life, mm-hmm. that, that's had it's had to be quite a quite a thing to see. Yeah, I, I was here as, of course, just what I would call a consumer, you know, a member. I wasn't part of staff. I was yeah. just somebody who was coming to church. And then I was also, as a volunteer as well, leading a small group. I was mm-hmm. part of missions team. And then uh, I got hired on staff. And so I've seen it from both the pew, if you will, and behind the scenes. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's really cool. Mm-hmm. So what would you say, Mark, is, is the impact that this church has had on your family, on you and your family? Well... Um, one, of course, for my wife and I, the teaching of Rick and the, sure. and the other teaching pastors uh, on purpose, mm-hmm. uh, all of that, uh, everything that we have incorporated into our Christian life. Uh, we came here the last 30 years. I mean, we, we came as Christians, and yeah. hopefully we're leaving as Christians. <laughs> uh, but as we came, uh, we had a lot of preconceived ideas about church, and slowly we learned how Saddleback did stuff, and we um, adopted that into our into our life. Hmm. And, of course, with the Rick writing the Purpose Driven Life book, sure. much less the Purpose Driven Church book, um, all of those lessons that Rick had been teaching all through the years, as we read that book, we went, oh, well, that's kind of, yeah. <laughs> this makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was kind of normal to us yeah. because we'd been hearing it for so long right? Uh, that that was just uh, normal for us. So uh, the impact on my wife and I and our marriage, um, really good. Uh, well, great, really. But more than that, it wasn't what we were able to receive, it was what we were able to give. Mm. Being volunteers, being involved in missions, we do premarital counseling as part of our ministry, being able to be a part of a community that is other-centered, that is giving, uh, has enabled our family to really be that way as well. Yeah. And as you know, I got to travel quite a bit, and I made sure that all my kids would go with me at one time or another. So cool. exposing them to the world yeah. uh, outside of this Southern California, Orange County bubble yeah has been really, really important. And your yeah. wife was on the disaster relief team, right? Still is. Still yeah. is, yeah. yeah. And that's really cool. That's yeah. 
she uh, she really enjoys um, <laughs> she enjoys disasters. I guess that's the right <laughs> way to say it. She just rubs her hands together. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, oh, here oh, comes a good one. Happened. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, she really enjoys helping people in a tangible way. That way. Yeah. And so she's been leading a lot of teams. Uh, she was part of the refugee crisis as far as helping. You know, she was. You saw pictures on yeah. the TV about you know people coming off the rafts in Greece and all that. Yeah. Well, she was there, part of that. That kind of a thing. Uh, Katrina, all those disasters. She was over in Japan when the nuclear disaster hit. Mm. So, yeah, we she's done a lot of that. And our kids have been uh, traveled to many countries doing missions work. Mm. Uh, and they just got the love of people in other cultures that from here, really. Yeah, that's cool. What was your first position on staff? And what what how did the transition happen from a member of the church to entering staff? Well, I'd been involved with mission all along. Uh, I mean, as a volunteer, a long, long, long time ago, I worked for World Vision. Mm. Then I went into the business world. And when I came down, in fact, the reason I came to the Saddleback Valley was because of a job change. Mm. And so when I came down here and we looked for the church, I came here. But I was always involved in mission. And one time, uh, Doug Slabaugh and Rick uh, uh, asked me to be the missions pastor. And I says, no, you don't want me to be the missions pastor. You need somebody who's more of a shepherd for that. Mm. But there is something that I see here that needs to be uh, looked at and expanded more, and that was training pastors internationally. I had a love for training, a love for international, love for the church. And so that's how I essentially came on staff, part of the missions team, but the responsibility with Purpose Driven to look at how do we expand all of the training that we do with pastors around the world. Mm. So that was getting them resources, translating our materials, setting up conferences, traveling with Rick, all that kind of fun stuff yeah. that we did uh, for, I think I did that for about 15, 16 years. Wow. And I suspect your business acumen was something you were able to probably apply quite a bit. Well, I've always been a project guy. Yeah. Uh, so yes. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't really matter what the project is. You bring the same skills to it. So, right. Um, yes. That, 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 that. Well, that's one thing I really enjoyed. I, I don't know if I mentioned this on the show before, but I started as an intern with the Peace Team, and I worked with you, and mm-hmm. it was it was just really cool to get to see how you approached everything that we were doing, because that was back when we were planting the international campuses, mm-hmm. from a strategic and operational level, and just seeing how you use your giftings mm-hmm. in, in that area, which was so specific and needed, Mm-hmm. Um, was was really cool. Well, thank you, yeah. Jason. Thank you. So we're going to talk a little bit about Saddleback's history. Mm-hmm. Um, you're the head of the history project. You oversee this and have since it began, I believe. Well, about two, three years ago, Rick, you know, realizing that he's in the last, or that excuse me, not the last, but the next season of his ministry. We're mm-hmm. never in the last season of our ministry <laughs> until we have our last breath. Yeah. But in this next season of ministry, he wanted to make sure that the legacy. And, and the, the thousands and thousands and thousands of resources that we have uh, were preserved. Mm. So he said, Mark, I really want to do a formal history project. Yeah. And so we sat down and we talked and we uh, kind of dreamed about what that would look like. Mm. And so he asked me to lead that because, one, I do have the project skills. Yeah. And two, I just kind of know who to ask for things we don't know and mm. where things are and that kind of a thing. Yeah. I it's and it's such a biblical thing to to track your history, mm-hmm, right? Yeah. I mean, you see something especially in the Old Testament you see again and again, do not forget the Lord your God who did this and this mm-hmm. and people setting up monuments to remember the big things that yeah. God did. Mm-hmm. And I love I love that Saddleback's taking the time to yeah. chronicle the things that have happened mm-hmm. so that we can for generations mm-hmm. to come, we can celebrate what God has done in this place and it, continues to it, do. The the word you mentioned it was remember. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we all through Scripture you have the word remember yeah. here and there, and the history project is kind of um, outlined by these words. Let me just read them so I get them correctly. Sure. Remember the blessings. Remember the miracles, the tests, the lessons, and the leaders. Hmm. Oh, wow. Remember those things. And so the history project wow. is really remembering our history through the stories of the tests, the lessons, the blessings, the miracles, and the leaders who led us. Yeah. And that's really the history. It's a story. It's not a set of facts. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I think, yeah, that's really cool. And, and it's it's cool because you not only have experienced it in all of your time here at Saddleback, but now you get to go back and chronicle it. Mm-hmm. Um, and all this, it, it's something that we talked about in the intro, and, mm-hmm. and it's I think it's 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 why we were so excited to have you on the show too. Mm-hmm. Is is taking a look at how God has worked and the mm-hmm. lessons He's taught. Um, us as a church family mm-hmm. through the 38-year history. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I I think we're going to spend the rest of the time in this episode talking through mm-hmm. some of those that we were excited about. So, so for example, a calling is kind mm-hmm. of a big way, especially mm-hmm. in the early early stages. Mm-hmm. So what have you seen um, as you've gone through the History Project and how God called Rick and called the people to this church mm-hmm. and and the lessons we've learned out mm-hmm. of that? Well, I, you started out with the right word, which is calling. And let me kind of uh, give you my answers through the person of Rick. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though this is a church that's made up of a lot of people, it came about because of the faith and the perseverance of Rick and Kay. Yeah. And uh, so the very, very beginning, and this is applicable to our personal lives as well, one of the most uh, wonderful things you can do is figure out what your calling is. What are you committed to? What are you willing to die for? Mm-hmm. What is really, really important to you? So Rick, early, early on, I think it was around 16 years old, uh, began to feel the call of God in his life to be a pastor, to be a minister. Mm-hmm. He was kind of headed towards being a missionary, but he really did feel the call to be a minister. Mm-hmm. So early on, he recognized that, that that was a um, well, I guess there's no other word for it than a calling on his life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that framed everything else that he did. It framed the decisions he made. It framed the way he studied. It framed the way he dreamed about things. That calling was the first foundational uh, act that he had that really helped build this church. Yeah. So you can't understand this church without first understanding Rick's calling. Yeah. And Kay's too, by the way. This is a story of two people, not the right, story of sure. one person. Right. Yeah. I think it's so remarkable that God called Rick and um, and made that calling clear and really just really drilled that in at such a young age. And Rick has been able to dedicate a huge portion of his life to the mission of Saddleback Church and toward you know God's ultimate call in his life. And I think that's you know Rick's story is a story of. Um, tremendous blessing. God's done incredible things for him, but it's been it's been possible for that to happen over a long period of time. I mean, I think of myself at 16 years old receiving a call from God like that. That was like that was not even on my radar. Well, remember, it wasn't a plan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't all laid out. Yeah. It was that understanding that as his closeness to God grew, that God had something for him to do. Mm-hmm. Rick didn't know what it was, and yeah. he certainly didn't know how it was going to unfold. Mm-hmm. He just knew that there was a presence in his life that we would call a calling, mm-hmm. that he had a direction. And right. so he was going to discover what that direction was. Mm-hmm. So he never wavered from 
trying to figure that out. And yeah. he's still doing it. I right, mean, yeah. we, we all, we never get there. Yeah. Uh, we're always living out this calling, but it wasn't a plan. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't necessarily a straight line from the, from that calling no. to Saddleback Church. There was, no. there were plenty of, you know, kind yeah. of intervals that mm-hmm. were built in there. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about vision next. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big one because the calling is one thing, but having a sense of direction as to, you know, what we're actually meant mm-hmm. to accomplish is something entirely different. Vision is, is the beginning of the plan. I mean, it's kind of seeing through the mists a little mm-hmm. bit, uh, but you know, something's there and that's the vision of it. And yet you don't want to know it all up front. Hmm. Because that's part of the wonderful experiment that God gives us uh, in life yeah. is discovering what He has for us. Yeah, and participating if, in that. If we wanted to see it all, or if we did get to see it all at once, we'd go, eh, no, <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I'm not yeah. sure I want to do that. <laughs> um, but the vision of this is Rick knew and Kay, and this is there's a big, big story behind all this, and it's a really fun one that someday I may share, um, that they knew they wanted to plant a church. Mm-hmm. And they knew, they, see, at that time in history, by the way, church planting wasn't very um, popular. It mm-hmm. was always going to work for the biggest church you could find to be on staff at. Mm-hmm. And church planting was a, it was not even a, a thought in most seminary students' lives. But Rick and Kane knew that they wanted to plant a church. And they knew that they wanted to plant a different kind of church than the churches that they had seen. Mm-hmm. And the the rubric around that is really that they wanted to plant a church for unbelievers. Some people did plant churches, but at that point in history, remember that was almost 40 years ago, uh, people weren't talking about reaching the unreached. They weren't talking about reaching unbelievers as a strategy. Mm-hmm. Yes, we had evangelism. Yes, we had outreach. Yes, we had you know, big uh, conferences and those kinds of things. But to plant a church that was specifically focused on reaching unbelievers was not was not well known, if mm-hmm. known at all. Yeah. Yeah, he was really, it was a vision to break some really new ground. And that's, I think, hard for us to appreciate from the current perspective. Mm-hmm. But that was a completely revolutionary idea yeah, at the time. Yeah, everything that we are experiencing now and that we teach is just normal. I mean, you guys have come into this church and been taught things and experienced things that 30, 40 years ago were not normal. Mm. Uh, they were not. They were innovative along the way. We've done. Mm-hmm. We've had a lot of innovations. And in fact, one of the themes that I'm trying to develop as I write the history and 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 do a lot of video for it is what were the innovations of the church. Mm. Let me give you an example. Uh, one of the innovations of the church is that Rick was very good about being an early adopter of technology for the Mm -hmm. church. So when fax machines first came out, remember, this is fax machines. You guys are going, what's that? (laughs) Oh, we have one up here in the office somewhere. It's it's not used. We dust it off every once in a while. (laughs) Um, But fax machines were a marvelous invention. Everyone's going, wow. Mm. And so Rick thought right away, he says, I'm going to write a devotional and I'm going to put it on the fax machine. Now, who was his target? Who had fax machines? The only people that had fax machines in that day when they first came out were businesses. Mm. And it was a very expensive machine. So you just didn't have a fax machine in your home. You had a fax machine at your business, at your Mm. place of work. And so he would write a devotional and he would send out that devotional and he called it the facts of life. (laughs) Master of puns. Master of puns. (laughs) Uh, So the facts of life would be sent to a, not to an office, the office person would take it, they'd either have a small group around it, or they'd copy it out and send it out. And that was one of the early ways that Rick used technology to distribute his message. Hmm. It's kind of like a, 
a very early viral church strategy. Yeah. Like something that can be, it can be replicated. Yeah. Once it goes out, it can then be replicated from there. Mm. Huh, that's remarkable. What are you going to say something? Well, I was just going to say one, one thing that you brought is the original vision statement yes. of the church, right? Mm. And so since we're talking about vision, I just want to make sure everyone knows that we're going to link this in the show notes so you can check it out. It's also in Purpose Driven Church, so you can see it in the it's book, in the book. Yeah. Yeah. as well. But um, it's, it, it's really cool to go back and read like from 1980, this is Rick's original vision statement for the church. Cool. And it is remarkable because remember calling and vision go together. Yeah. And Rick will always say, you know, it's good to have a vision, but it's even better to express it <laughs> because he's a leader. Yeah. And the leader's followers. And you, and the way you get people to follow, the way you get people to give of their time and their resources is to have a vision. Hmm. Rick is fond of saying people don't give to needs, they give to vision. Yeah. In his very, very, very first sermon here at Saddleback Church in March of 1980, he read a statement that is now called the Saddleback Vision. Yeah. And in that vision, he says, we're going to have a church of 20,000 people. We're going to have a church that welcomes the hurting and the, and, and the people who need help. Mm-hmm. He says, it's a dream of we're going to equip believers. I mean, you can read the statement. It's, it goes yeah. through many things. But as you read it, you look at it and go, that happened. Yeah. That happened. That happened. That yeah. happened. It's almost freaky when you're reading it. You're <laughs> well, like, oh my goodness. It, it gets even better. You got to put yourself back in history. Rick was 27 years old. Yeah. He was younger than you guys, yeah. I think. Yes. <laughs> yes. He was 27 years old. He was a very skinny guy. He had long blonde hair. He just graduated from seminary. He was in Orange County. There, there were probably five or six huge churches here during that time. Yeah. Large churches, uh, you know, Crystal Cathedral and, and places like that that had, you know, large followings. And here's this 27-year-old kid providing this audacious vision. Yes. Okay? So either he was very presumptuous, because sometimes you can have a vision and be presumptuous, yeah. or he was having great faith in the God, in God who had given them the vision to begin yeah. with. Yeah. So presumption and faith are very close. <laughs> yeah. There's a very <laughs> fine and blurry line. A fine and blurry line. <laughs> yeah. um, and as you look at the history of this church, you understand that faith has played a huge, huge part. Yeah. Rick will call himself an evangelist, mm. and he is, and he's very marketing-oriented, he's very evangelistic, but his highest character trait is that of faith. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's completely... Mm. What you said about um, speaking a vision, conveying a vision, to me, that, that, that's a huge, pivotal moment, because mm-hmm. the moment you... It's one thing to have a vision, mm-hmm. but to express a to express an audacious, as you said, vision publicly is a, a huge pivotal moment, right? Because mm-hmm. that's the moment where now there's a standard. I've yeah. said this. I've, I'm now at some level, I'm sort of accountable to these, these things that I have uttered. Mm-hmm. And that's where, you know, Rick really, he, he wrote this vision, he conveyed it, and he trusted God to fulfill it. And he's, he's been trusting God ever mm-hmm. since. Well, look back at the New Testament and some of the statements of Jesus. Mm-hmm. They were either very audacious and stupid, mm. or they were true. Right. Now, we know that they were true, mm. but you can look at some of those statements and go, I am God. No one knows the, no one knows the Father but by me. I'm going to die, and in three days I'm going to be raised up. I mean, there's some really audacious statements yeah. there, but they were true. 
And so they became statements of faith. They became statements of the hope that we have. Mm-hmm. Well, Rick did the same thing. Rick put out there, we're going to have this big campus. We're going to have this big church. Not because he was trying to bring glory to himself. He was saying, this is the vision that God has given me, and I'm going to fall. And by the way, I want you to understand this, because it's going to take a lot for us to get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so uh, he had many, many people following him and these audacious dreams because they believed in, in yeah. God, mm-hmm. and they believed in Rick as a servant of God. Well, I'll tell you, that's the thing that brought me to this church. I remember I came to a Radicalis conference here back in 2010 or 11, whatever the last one was, and I remember hearing Rick, I was still at my old church, and I heard Rick, you know, express these tremendous stories of what God had done at Saddleback and these expressions of faith, and the undercurrent of trusting God that has kind of carried Saddleback Mm -hmm. forward all these years was the thing that... God kind of brought me to a point where I just felt like I need to be a part of that. Yeah, and that that's interesting observation because here's what I want to point out to you: we remember those things, we remember those miracles and those tests and those lessons mm. because God's going to call us to do those same things in the future, mm. and we remember them because we say, if God could do this back here. Wouldn't I just trust God to do the same thing now and on into the future? Mm -hmm. We don't remember those things just to pat ourselves on the back. We remember those things to give us the confidence and the courage to go forward with what Mm -hmm. God's asking us to do now. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah. remembering what God did for you last gives you faith to trust Him for what's next, Mm -hmm. wouldn't you say? Well, so God gave the calling, He gave the vision. Mm -hmm. What came next? Well, it, it... it's interesting. The word I'm going to use is paradigm or mm. process. Uh, this is a purpose-driven church, and that's mm-hmm. what we mean by that. It's a, it's a process. Yeah. That process was really developed in Rick's mind back when he was in seminary. He's mm. a learner, and so all of this time he was gathering data. He was learning different techniques from other people. And Rick is a very good categorizer. He's a very good systematizer. He's a good Mm. editor. So he was taking all this material, and he put it into a process which we now call purpose-driven. We talk about it from come and see to come and die. Come into the church. Just come look. Check us out. Be a part of what's happening here. And then get connected. And then once you get connected, you start to grow. You start to have different experiences. And you come to the place where you say, you know, I really am a disciple. I really do uh, want to be sacrificial in who I am. And that's what we call about come and die. Yeah. Jesus said, deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. He didn't say that to people who just met him. Yeah. There was a process. And so Rick processed, how do we get people from come and see to come and die? That discipleship process is what he put together, and that's what we follow in the concept or the paradigm of purpose-driven. Yeah, Rick talks about how, you know, you start with come and see, and then he uses the the term, then you turn up the dial, you turn up the dial. He talked about how Jesus did Mm -hmm. that in the the kind of the faith progression of the Mm -hmm. disciples. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Uh, Rob has talked on our show before, we talked about habit. One thing that... um, that's coming out a lot, even in simple things like habit research, mm-hmm. is that it's one thing to have a goal or a vision, and it's mm-hmm. important to have that because that's your picture of mm-hmm. the desired future. But as important as a vision is a process mm-hmm. because a dream, a picture of where you want to be is all fine and well, but without a process to get yeah. there, um, well, there's just no pathway. Mm-hmm. And so this paradigm idea is really one of the things I think that's characterized Saddleback Church over mm-hmm. the years 
is this purpose-driven process. We don't just have somewhere we want to go. We got a pathway to get there, which was carefully built. You guys are both new parents. Mm-hmm. And I'm a new grandparent, by the way, as, hey. of, as, of, as of last night. <laughs> oh, congratulations. But my point is, as a parent, you have a vision for your child. Yeah. And your pathway, you start thinking through, what's the process that I'm going to do to raise this child so it can be a productive adult? Mm. And part of that process is school. Yeah, which is very yeah. developmental. It's intentional. Part of that process is you're going to make sure that child gets fed well. You're mm-hmm. going to make sure that they have a healthy environment at home. They watch yeah. you and your wife love each other. They they know that they're loved and cared for and all of those things. Mm-hmm. We do all of those things for our kids so that they can grow up or be mature mm-hmm. adults. We do the same thing with people in our church. They come to us as relative babies and it's our job as pastors and leaders to help set up an environment of health so that they can grow into mature disciples. Mm. It's the same process as being a parent. Yeah. Uh, and so if you don't have a process with a kid, with, with, with your child, they can grow. And many, many kids don't have two parents. Many kids don't have sure. a, a process around them. They don't have a, a, an extended family. And we see what happens to people when they don't have those systems around them. Mm-hmm. They, they can be a mature person. They can grow up that way. Yeah. But more often than not, they don't. Yeah. And that's because those systems were not placed around them. Yeah. So what this church does or what Rick understood is that we need a system around these people who come and see, mm. so that we have every chance through the work of the Holy Spirit to see them develop and grow into healthy people. Mm. That's good. That's really good. So there's also uh, an element of the story that you, you've mentioned before, that things weren't always easy. Not every, you know, there were challenges along the way, and that faith and perseverance has been a big part of the Saddleback mm. story. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, as anything in life, you always hit the hurdles, you always yeah. hit the ups and downs. And for the first uh, 12, 13 years of the life of this church, uh, one of the big things that was in the middle of all that was having a place to to have as our own, you know, mm. a land land to build our buildings and to do all that. You guys came into it with this huge campus. Yeah. It wasn't always that way. Right. And for the first 12, 13 years, uh, we were always looking for a place to mm-hmm. be. Now, remember Rick's first vision? Uh, he, he, we were talking about 50 acres. Now, think about that for a minute. You guys know how much your house costs, right? Yeah. <laughs> think about 50 acres and yeah. how much that would have, that would cost now, oh. much less back then. Yeah. And so here we had this 27-year-old kid uh, <laughs> saying, we're going to have 50 acres. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, and we sure. had, yeah. Um, and so that, uh, that vision and that perseverance of saying, no, God has called us to have a land of our own. Mm-hmm. God has uh, this vision that God gave me. It's not mine. Yeah, it's a vision that was God that God gave to me to Rick, and so he was persevering in saying, okay, we don't have the land now, but we will. Mm-hmm. We don't have. We we're going to buy this piece of land. It didn't work out. Okay, that wasn't God's plan for us. We're going to go on to the next piece of land. Mm-hmm. That happened several times. In fact, this piece of property that we're sitting on now is the fourth property, mm-hmm. if I recall right, the fourth property that we actually had control over. And this property came about through a whole series of miracles. <laughs> it's a whole that's a whole fun story on yeah. its own. But the point is, all through those difficulties, this church grew. Yeah, we went from 150 people in the first service to about 10,000 people meeting in a high school gym. 
Yeah. Without land. Yeah. So we didn't give up and we didn't say we're going to wait until we get the land to be mature. We're going to wait until we get the land before we're a real church. Mm. We said, no, land is just one of the components of having uh, the, the, the vision completed that we want. Mm. But it wasn't the main one. Yeah, yeah. The main one was this process of building people. Yeah. It's the process of preaching the weekend the way we set it up, the the um uh, the, the paradigm of class that we put that Rick put in place. That grew this church, mm. not land. And that takes so much so much foresight and mm. discipline to continue doing the process that you believe that you know the the stick with the process that you believe is from God and keep going after the vision that you believe God has given and do it even in the face of things not seeming like they're panning out quite right or a property didn't work out or that kind of thing. That's a level of discipline that I feel like I'm like nowhere near. And Rick's mm-hmm. ability and, and the, the church around him, the, the total ability of this church to persevere through those hard seasons is absolutely incredible mm-hmm. to me. Remember, during those hard seasons, we were seeing miracles. We were mm-hmm. seeing lives mm-hmm. changed. We were seeing people come to Christ. We point. were seeing people baptized. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like we were wandering around in the wilderness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not like you had no reason to trust God. No, we had we had. Even reasons. though the campus was a moonscape, <laughs> yeah. you weren't yeah. wandering around. Yeah, by the, K's definition. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, had, we had tremendous uh, fun. Mm-hmm. if you will, in the life change of people. Mm-hmm. We had tremendous uh, satisfaction in seeing people who were headed in the wrong direction become headed in the right direction. We had tremendous um, benefit and blessing from seeing marriages saved and seeing mm-hmm. kids come to Christ and all those kinds of things. Yeah. When you when you measure it against all that, p- having a piece of land is inconsequential. Kind of gets small, yeah. The land is just a tool. Mm-hmm. And we, we had plenty of tools. We just didn't have that tool. Yeah. When we were able to get that tool, then the church did continue to grow. Yeah. But then we got to a place where it wasn't big enough for the people we had. That's mm-hmm. a whole other part <laughs> of our story. Okay, <laughs> uh, but the the point is the process, the life change process, was what kept us going, mm-hmm. not uh, the ability to have a piece of land or mm-hmm. not. And- mm-hmm. And that's something that you can see a lot more of in class 101 too, is, is, is there's a whole element of that class that's the history of Saddleback, and you get to see the video where Rick mm-hmm. is driving around and he goes to the different areas of land that mm-hmm. that once were and were not no more, and uh, he tells that whole story. So it's a really cool story, and it's always amazing to see people are always just in awe of, of of the faith and perseverance to go back to what we're talking about um, as as that element is it's always mm-hmm. is a, a really powerful story mm-hmm. yeah you got to realize even during the difficult times God doesn't leave you alone right uh, he was present the whole time and mm-hmm. so that presence of God if you look for it if you accept it uh, is always there to give you courage. It's always mm-hmm. there to give you comfort. It's always there to give you direction and guidance yeah and that's what we had. And Rick uh, was able to stand up every weekend and say, yeah, we're in trouble over here because we can't get this piece of land or this is happening. But look what God's doing. Mm, Look what God teaches. Look what God has done in the Old Testament. Look what Jesus said in the New Testament. We were never alone. We were never discouraged. We were disappointed. Yeah. But we were never discouraged. Yeah. There was always a wind at Saddleback's Mm -hmm. back, Mm -hmm. which actually kind of takes us on to the next thing, um, is... uh, a, a culture in the habit of celebration. Mm-hmm. Talk about that. Well, as human beings, 
uh, we're just just built in somehow in our cultures that we celebrate. No matter mm-hmm. which culture you're in the world, you celebrate. Happy birthday. Happy yeah. birthday or Merry Christmas yeah. or, or whatever it is. Happy National Donut Day. And, yeah. Yeah, happen, yeah, or whatever <laughs> whatever Hallmark decides <laughs> yeah. to come up with that week. Everything's right? a day now. Yeah. Uh, but Rick was very wise in, in understanding that in order to keep the vision, in order to keep the momentum, in order to keep the, the courage of going forward, you had to stop every once in a while and celebrate. Because if you don't celebrate along the way, you're waiting for something that may never get there. Mm. So let's celebrate those good things along the way. So we celebrated our fifth anniversary service, our 10th, our 15th, mm. our 20th, our 25th. Um, you know, we did those kinds of celebrations. We, we celebrated every week baptisms. That's a celebration. Mm-hmm. Right? We celebrated, if you want to call it that, a communion. It's a remembrance. It's, it's a celebration of what God has, has done for right. us on the yeah. cross. So we were always figuring out how do we remember how do we remind ourselves of God's presence, of God's gifts, of God's blessing to us? And that's important for us individually as well as it is mm-hmm. as, a, as a church. Yeah. As a church and a leader, Rick said, we are going to celebrate because I don't want my people to forget what God's doing now. Mm-hmm. Okay, we just never want to forget what God's doing now. Yes, we're looking forward into the future. Yes, we want to, we want to see the rest of the vision you know, fulfilled, but I'm not going to forget what's happening now. And so that's why we have the celebrations that we do, because we want to remember. Yeah, God is still present, and He's still working in our lives. And that's worship. I mean, to, to fail to celebrate is to is to fail to give thanks mm-hmm. for what God has done. Mm-hmm. And if we let ourselves become too short sighted, mm-hmm. um, like you said, we'll lose our momentum for the future. But also, it it's you know it it's upon us to stop every once in a while and just say thank you, God, for mm-hmm. the things that you're doing. And that's true corporately as a big church family. Mm-hmm. And it's also true individually. Mm-hmm. You know, Rick's taught on the attitude of gratitude for years. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, he's, you know, that's a phrase that's, mm-hmm. I think everybody who's been at Saddleback for at least a little while has heard mm-hmm. Rick talk about having an attitude of gratitude. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just about, you know, giving God, you know, what he deserves in, in our praise and our thanks, but it also is what helps us to stay in touch with what God has done and have faith for mm-hmm. what's next. And most of the time when Rick is teaching that thankfulness, He's teaching it in the context of trauma Mm -hmm. and context of trouble, context of things not working out well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, life doesn't go well for a lot of people. It's not always a bed of roses. But in the midst of that, we have the promise of God's presence, and in that we should be thankful. So that's what Rick preaches. And I think it's given life and hope to a lot of people who otherwise would uh, really fall into deep depression. Yeah. I think there's something so special about especially how often Rick goes back and talks through the history of Saddleback, mm-hmm. which he does so at least once a year. He kind of talks back through it, and then in different campaigns, like in Daring Faith, that was a big part of it. And um, it's, always in the, it's always in the element of celebrating what God has done in both good and bad seasons mm-hmm. through the church's history. Mm-hmm. And, um, and there's something that's so honest about saying, hey, here's a time that things weren't going so great. You know, but we can see how God was was building and growing our personal faith or individual mm-hmm. faith in the midst of corporate struggle, mm-hmm. and then in you know, and all through like the good seasons and mm-hmm. and how God, you know, was pouring out and blessing in different areas. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's something that's so so special about that we do that um, that it really it it's good for it's good for anybody to go back mm-hmm. through their history, 
and just say, you know, walk through how God has worked in their mm-hmm. life through the good and the bad and just take a look at it mm-hmm. and give it that Thanksgiving love that mm-hmm. you were talking about mm-hmm. and, and look back and how God has brought you through, mm-hmm. whether it's good or bad, mm-hmm. till now mm-hmm. and, and moving forward. Yeah. And remember, Rick teaches that we all have a purpose in our life, and yeah. that's how we're most fulfilled. And in class 301, we use the concept of shape, mm-hmm. S-H-A-P-E. That concept of shape really is our history. Yeah. It's who sure. we are. It's, what, it's what's made us. Those experiences, whether they're good or bad, the E of shape, whether they're good or bad, are what can be used in our ministry and what gives us purpose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, shape is, a, is, is your own history, if you mm-hmm. will, and it's important for us to understand that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know that uh, I'm probably not alone in this, but I'm, I'm the kind of guy who tends toward, um, I, I tend to easily forget the great things that God has done and, and mm-hmm. end up get down on things or how I wish things could be. And I don't know if that's a personality thing or a maturity thing or a combination, probably a combination of the two. Um, but I know that this is a discipline that I, mm-hmm. that I'm seeking to build into my life more and make sure that there's time I take every single day to say thank you to God for the things he's given me. And it really is amazing. Um, it's, we talk about it so much that it's, it's bordering on cliche, but it is so true that if we will take the time mm-hmm. to worship God for what He's done and to thank Him for all the things that He's blessed us with, that it will give us a more well-rounded mm-hmm. picture of our entire life, realizing that things usually aren't as bad as they seem to be in your kind of momentary from your momentary perspective, uh, and just beginning to see things mm-hmm. through His eyes a little bit more. Uh, you started mentioning a doable, so let's talk doables. doables for you guys today uh the first i i've mentioned both actually yeah. so the first is take class 101 yeah. uh hey if you haven't why do yeah. it um there's a whole history section in class 101 that is so powerful yeah it's really power uh, yeah so um it's usually the first or second week of every month mm-hmm. um at every campus so you can go online at sellback.com slash class links in the show notes. next dates yeah. Um, and then the other one is just a little exercise that we'd really encourage you guys to do. And that's just, is, is, is ask yourself, what has God taught you through the past seasons of your life? It's taking mm. a, kind of a, a look, an overview look of your life through all the ups and downs, the highs and the lows, everything that's gone on. And just, it, it, and just think and really try to process and analyze how God brought you through each of these seasons and what he taught you. Mm. Maybe even... Write down in a journal or whatever, just life lessons that you have learned mm. uh, through those times. And because that's what we're doing with the history route. It's really, it's a look at at, at what God has taught us. And, um, and that's so important throughout the rest of your life to be able to go back and look at mm. and, and celebrate and Thanksgiving and remember, like we were talking mm. about earlier. Yeah, Rick took our our staff through that exercise down at the ranch uh, yeah, earlier this year, and I remember that being very powerful for me. So I'll put some steps in the show notes that'll kind of walk you through that process because you may be thinking, okay, what I want to plot do? that out, but how do I do that? I'll, I'll put a few prompts down there to get you started in that. Yeah, you were going to say something. Yeah, I want to add a doable. All right, Boy, this history project is huge. Oh yeah, and yeah. I need volunteers. All right, oh, yeah, I saw uh, the flyer. I meant yeah. to. Get to I, do that. I, we can put the flyer in maybe the link. Sure. But I need editors, interviewers, um, all sorts of different archive mm. people. And we have lots and lots of things to do, and it's a fun team. Cool. Yeah, if you have some time, and this is something that sounds like super interesting, which uh, it should because it is, um, then uh, 
we'll post the flyer in the show notes and you can uh, contact the info on the flyer and uh, go from there. Very good. That's a great step. I know there's a lot of people out there that would love to dig their fingers into that. Cool. Uh, Here's a little bonus question, Mark. Anything you've read recently, anything that you think might be good to do a little book plug? Sure. You you would think as a Excuse me. You would think as a pastor, you're going to say, oh, what's the deepest spiritual book you're reading right now? <laughs> Actually, what I'm in just started right now, and this is an exercise I've been doing for quite a few years um, with all these kids I've got, five of them all grown. Uh, they're always reading something. And so I like to read what they're reading hmm. so that I can share Good. with them. So I get into some pretty odd stuff. But um, <laughs> right now I'm, I'm reading a book with one of my boys, and it's called Principles by Ray Dario. It's a business hmm. book. Okay. And really it's a, kind of a story of his life. He's a successful hedge fund guy. But in it, he talks about the principles that he has used in his life to be a success. Hmm. And it's very, very interesting because he's talking about – not only success, but he's talking about as you do it, how are you treating people? And he's talking about being humble, and he's talking about searching for truth. Mm. And this is a secular guy. Uh, he's not hes not coming from a church perspective at all, uh, but he is saying you must search for truth if you're going to be successful in life. Mm. And it's a big book. I'm in like 600 pages, so I, and I'm just in the very beginning of wow. it, so I can't even begin to, to summarize it. Yeah. But, uh, well, one of my boys got me into Game of Thrones, and that was a mistake, because that was like <laughs> three books of, you know, that thick. So, oh, there it is. Um, very long. Yeah, but uh, I, at least I'm having a chance to talk with my kids about things that interest them. Yeah. So I, I would encourage you, if you have kids, grown kids, what are they reading? And mm. and, and read it along with them. Because yeah, they might reading The Very Hungry Caterpillar. Yeah, that's right. I, I use the term reading loosely. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's very loose at his age. <laughs> Three months old, not quite there yet. Well, yeah. we'll link principles in the show notes. It sounds like a book that probably contains a lot of great, uh, a lot of great wise mm-hmm. sayings that can help mm-hmm. that can help bolster people's overall walk through life. I don't know. Good job grasping for words. <laughs> <laughs> we always screw up eventually. Yeah. <laughs> we talk long I, I screwed up in the intro. You screwed up in the outro. It's all good. Mark, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, today. I really appreciate it. Had a really good welcome. time. Thanks for your insights. Everybody watching or listening, we love you. If you're a podcast listener and you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. And if you're thinking, hey, listening's great, but is there a way I can watch these episodes? Yeah, there is. Subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for video versions of these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you're already watching us on YouTube, subscribe to the podcast so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows? Your question just might inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Doug Jones, and I hope you'll join us again next week.